Hello, this is Harrison D. Wilson, host of the Onesimus Collective. I am here to let the listeners know there is a new private, the Onesimus Collective podcast Facebook group available for listeners to join. There is also the Onesimus Collective Facebook page that is available to the public. Both are ideal for connecting with the podcast and the listeners of the Onesimus Collective. This is the Onesimus Collective. Episode 8 A God Centered God. We are all from certain stock, different ideas, cultures, and colors. Ultimately, though, we are all kin, since we are all gods. Saved and lost, Baptist and Catholic, we are all gods, and he will do with us as he will, if we will let him, and sometimes even when we resist. Even for those who deny God, say he doesn't exist, and curse his name, we are all gods, and God has made a way to buy us all back. He has made a way for us to come home. Even for those who deny God, God has and can use those people to further his purpose. The biblical book of Isaiah, chapter 44, verse 28 states, that one named Cyrus would come and perform the bidding of the God of heaven. God said of Cyrus, He is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure. The passage says, That said of Cyrus, He is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure. Even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and to the temple, Thy foundation shall be laid. In the biblical book of Isaiah, chapter 45, verses 1 through 5, God proclaims some 140 years before Cyrus was born that he, Cyrus, would be the one who would unknowingly fight for Israel. The passage states, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee, and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass, and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness, and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Looking at these verses, it is clear that Cyrus didn't have a lot of say in how God was going to use him. Cyrus thought he was acting purely on his own, but God, in the background, was directing Cyrus's movements to accomplish what God wanted for Israel. So God can use who he pleases to complete the missions and tasks he has laid out. The question is why? 
Joe Rigney notes in the article why God does everything he does that God told Israel in the biblical book of Isaiah chapter 49 verse 3 that I, God, will be glorified. But why would God say such a thing? Over and over, God acts on Israel's behalf not because of the good in them, but for the good in him, so that all the nations will know that God is the Lord. Rigney notes as well that the work of Christ came about so that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Rigney goes on to say that Jesus going to the cross was to glorify God's name, and as a result, the name of Jesus is exalted above every name. The exaltation of the name of Jesus is to the glory of God the Father. Accordingly, it would seem God is a very God-centered God, but that this God-centeredness is profoundly good news and deeply stabilizing to an unstable and dying world. Within the Trinity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is loving, rejoicing, and knowing each other with an infinite and eternal intensity. This infinite intensity is what is communicated to all the creatures in the world God created. The glory of God is Trinitarian in nature, as revealed in the biblical book of John, chapter 17. In John, chapter 17, verse 1, These words spake Jesus, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane notes God the Father and God the Son reciprocally glorifying each other. Jesus' desire was to be glorified by the Father so he, the Son, could glorify the Father even more. As per the biblical book of John, chapter 17, verses 3 through 5, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. According to Rigney, this glory is shared, meaning Trinitarian glory is shared glory, a glory that was shared before time began. The biblical book of John, chapter 17, verse 22, tells us glory can be shared. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Looking at the biblical book of John, chapter 17, verse 24, God's glory is also something that can be given. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Ultimately, the glory of God is given to the believer. As per the biblical book of John, chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. And the reason for the sharing and giving of glory is that the believer knows the Father and the Son, and has eternal life through this knowledge of them, 
God, who is the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom the one true God has sent, as per the biblical book of John, chapter 17, verse 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. What is truly wonderful is that as God glorifies himself, he invites us, yes, us, you, me, and every other person on the planet to be part of God's Trinitarian fullness so that God's joy, knowledge, and love can exist within the believer. As the biblical book of Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 tells us, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So as Rigney tells us, God does what he does because God is centered on God. He is God-centered, but the God-centered attitude of God means that in glorifying himself, he is sharing the riches and fullness of his divine life with us, which, despite the surface appearance of robbing us of our joy, is the source and foundation of the believer's true happiness and joy. Rigney also notes, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Scripture references are from the authorized King James Bible. The source used in this episode, why God does everything he does, is by Joe Rigney, and is found in the blog Desiring God with a link to the source in the show description. Music, courtesy of Apple Loops and Pixabay.com. Direct questions and comments to Collective at gmail.com. And please, rate the show where you get your podcast. Thank you for listening to the Onesimus Collective.